0: Terms and conditions apply. This is KJ Live yeah! with Chris Johnson.
1: And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Hey, hey. Now, here's Chris Johnson.
4: You are now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show has spent 25 seasons. As a head coach and his compiled a record of 445 and 355 uh, to date. He won a national championship in 1995 as an assistant coach at UCLA and is currently the head coach of Pepperdine Waves Men's Basketball. Please welcome in the great Lorenzo <laughs> Romar to the show. Coach Romar, what's happening? My man, how you doing, Chris Don? Oh, I'm great, coach. Uh Got this little show. Thank you for taking some time to come on, man. You know, life is good, coach. How's life been for you? It's been fine, man. It's yeah, fine. I, I, have, I
5: have no complaints, man. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so whoever drew that uh p- picture of you in the background, they did a great job.
4: <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, man. Shout out to the team okay. over at uh, iHeartRadio. They hooked that up. Okay. Uh, a little some some coach. That's making me feel like I'm big time. Yeah. Uh, Coach, I I wanted to get right to it. I'm glad I got you on the show. I wanted to talk about just a little bit about this year's team, your outlook for the 22-23 season. I mean, you've got some guys, Maxwell Lewis, uh, Michael Mitchell, um, uh, some other guys in there that are really poised to have big years. What's your outlook, expectations, and do you even level set for seasons like you're entering in this year?
5: You know, I think we have some really good pieces, but uh, we have pieces – they will have to learn how to win. We have to uh, learn how to pull out games. Uh, oftentimes last year we were in games for 30 minutes and then we would falter down the stretch. And uh, again, being young, that, that can happen. But we need to take the next step. And if we can, I feel good about our
4: team. Uh, like I said, I, I think we have some good pieces. What is the off-season season preparation look like for you with your guys in the summertime and kind of you know folk you know as you head into the fall what did that look like and and did guys get better yeah that's one of the things you get back remember when
5: uh played for coach herrick you know yeah. he, he would always talk about uh you build your individual game in the summer you build your team in the fall in the winter and yes, sir. it's it's very important that you go out in the summer man and you You grind it. You grind it and you do everything that you can to get better. And that's where passion comes in. Those that that have a passion for the game, those are the ones that you see develop in the summers. The ones that don't, they don't. They come back maybe just a little bit better because they're a little older. But the ones that make the big jumps uh, have passion for the game. And I feel like we have some of those guys that have that passion. In June and July, we're able to get out there four hours a week on the floor with our guys and work Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And this year we took a foreign tour to Costa Rica. So we were able to practice 10 times before we took that tour. So being on the floor, uh, young guys, uh, incoming freshmen getting acclimated to our system. The other guys reviewing it, kind of getting a head start on the season and then some weight training and conditioning as well as taking classes in in the summer. But between all those things, uh, we feel we were able to make some progress during the summer.
4: No, absolutely. It seems like the, in the summertime, there's just never enough time, especially when you got a new group to acclimate. You got 10 practices. You wish it was more like 30, but you make okay. do we make do with what you got, coach. Okay. Um, I had a question for you because our relationship obviously goes back to UCLA. But I, I met you before then. I believe I, we were in Cincinnati or something at an AIA. You were 13, man. Yeah. You 13, were 13 no, Scottsdale. Was it Scottsdale? 13? No, it was in it was in St. Saint- it was in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. So so yeah. I, we, we go way back, Coach. And, and one of my most uh, vivid memories of my college experience with you as my assistant coach was our one-on-one games. Uh, <laughs> the the, the, the no- Coach, Coach, the knockout. You know, for, for my listeners, Coach Romar played in the NBA, high level, played at UW. Major league point guard with a lot of herky-jerky hesitation, change of pace, change of direction, you know, crazy high arcing threes, and then he'll run away and fall off into the stands. I mean, he used to do it all. Coach Romar, I had a question for you. Oh, my do, you still, do you still get down in ones with the guys? Or you leave that stuff to the guys like Gerald Brown or, or some of your younger assistants? Man, I hate to say it. I, I can't give it to him anymore,
5: Oh no! Can't give it to him anymore. What I'm, what I'm really good at right now is calling somebody out, challenging somebody. Of course, it's got to be my ball, right? Right. One possession. Hey. And and. Usually it goes in that one possession. Then it's like, you know what? I'm I'm through, man. I I I don't Forget have confidence. y'all. Forget y'all,
4: man. Y'all not yeah, good enough. It, to exactly. guard me.
5: You know the deal. I'm, I'm that guy now.
4: <laughs> what's your what? Do you still go to the jab, uh triple threat jab game jumper? I mean, what what's your go to move? Just this last thing on this. You got the scout. You got the scout down. Hey, that's
5: all I got. I'm not gonna go by anybody. I just gotta oh. jab you to get off me. Oh, I love it! I love it. Goes in after that. That's all I got. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious, Coach. Think about I'm not. Hey, I'm not like you. You, you were the bucket. Well, yeah, you I were mean, the bucket. The footwork
4: extraordinaire. I I, I learned from some good from some good ones, you know. Pops had me around, you know, a lot of pros early, and you know, yeah. you soak you soak it up like a sponge, man. Um, oh no, You did that. Yeah, no question. But back to our UCLA days, Coach. I mean my fun, another one of my fondest memories was obviously winning the championship. Um we were all heartbroken. Um and I've never really publicly talked about this, but after the championship you you obviously had a chance to advance your career and go to Pepperdine as for your first in as head coach. I always wanted to know kind of publicly as close as we were to you as much as we loved you and and it's well documented how much we all love coach Romar. How hard was it to leave that UCLA group or was it hard and easy at the same time because you were achieving sort of a, a a first kind of goal as becoming a head coach in college.
5: It was extremely hard, extremely hard. And then even when I went on to become a head coach, I had to leave a couple of times and it was extremely hard when, when we were together at UCLA, you know, as far as recruiting and spending all the time together and the, the phone calls and time away from, from the court, you know, yeah. time laugh together, cry together, all that stuff, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, you feel a bond, you feel an attachment and to where it's almost like a movie where you don't want to leave because you want to see how it ends yeah. and word. to be there with you guys to see how it was going to end, you know, it was hard to, to, uh, to leave that. And, yeah. but again, it was for a situation where, I was able to become a head coach and, and and move from there but uh it was it was difficult there was some one-on-one conversations and uh but uh everybody was just fine
4: <laughs> yeah everybody was just fine i, I can't say we would have turned out the same way had you stayed but who knows now uh or, you know hindsight is always 2020 uh coach what made you believe that a 6'4 and three quarter, two hundred and seventy five pound center out of Crenshaw High School. Could play. I was two seventy five. Could play at UCLA and contribute in the Pac ten. How did you could guys convince Coach Herrick to take a flyer on me? Because he didn't like my game at first, Coach. I know this, so you don't don't try to play it off. I know what's up, <laughs> Coach. Wrote, Coach Herrick was not rolling. <laughs> interesting,
5: interesting story, uh, Chris. You were uh, you were one of those that had passion. You love to play, you love to work out. And you know, we we knew it was in the genes as well, you know, with your the DNA that was in you, it was in there. And, you know, people act like you were this late bloomer. You were the were two times city player of the year.
4: Uh yeah, I believe yeah, by some right. publication if, yeah. if,
5: if you can recollect, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> you were the player of the year. You could play. The whole question is, what position does he play? He's undersized. What yeah. You know, who does he guard? And it was kind of figure that out for the other four guys. Just have him on the court. It doesn't matter <laughs> what position he plays. And uh, I'll tell you, we kept talking to Coach about you, about Coach. We're, we're telling you, we'll, we'll put our reputation, we'll put our jobs on the line. But uh, Coach, Chris, Chris can play. Chris can play for us. You think so? Yeah, but what position? Uh Coach, let's go watch him play. So we drive out to Cal Poly Pomona to watch you play. And Coach Herrick hadn't seen you play yet. So it's him and I, and we're talking. I'm saying that just, Coach, just remember now, this is his game, and don't expect this. He's not just going to be flying through the air, dunking on everybody. That's not his <laughs> game. He's just going to be able to score it whenever he wants to score it. And we say, he says, all right, all right, I'm listening. I'm going to watch and we get there i think we're 2 minutes late for your game we walk in we sit down and we weren't there for 2 minutes when you got a rebound you busted out of the pack and drove the land, drove uh, coast to coast and someone got in your way and drew a charge and you hurt your ankle oh i remember that on the that same play. play do you remember that yes i
4: remember that you play you hurt your
5: ankle and you were done Oh, jeez And you heard your angle. And he looked, he said,
4: Romar,
5: let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) We got got up and left. Yeah. And then you continued to just dominate the circuit that summer. So finally, we were all at Coach's house, his condo. And uh, him and the staff, myself, Coach Lavin, Coach Godfrey, we were all over there. And we're just telling him, Coach, just. It doesn't matter what you think. We got, we got to take it. He said, We said, look, you know what? Let's call Ed Peppel. Rest in peace, bless his soul. Mm. Let's call Ed Peppel, who was the, at the time the winningest coach in the state of Washington history. He was a coach at Mercer Island, and he was coached against you. And in, in a game, you had 30, one of your many times that you had 30 and just torched <laughs> him. So we put him on speakerphone. We said, Coach Peppel, just tell us. How good is Chris Johnson? And what do you think? Do you think he could play at UCLA? He said, I just know we had nobody to guard him. He said his footwork was was impeccable. We couldn't stop him. And then he was a tough kid. He got the rebounds. And he went on and on. And we said, <laughs> all right, we're all staring at Coach while he's telling us this, right? Because he's on speakerphone. And yeah, yeah. He hung up. And uh, Coach eventually decided to take you. And eventually at one time you were leading the entire conference and scoring right before yeah. you left
4: yeah that's right exactly that's exactly. right so brother well i appreciate that coach and i appreciate you guys for going to bat for me you know i know it could be tough sometimes when you got a player that was like me. I wasn't fashionable back then. I would be fashionable now. Yeah. People, I'm like a Bruce Brown or a, Dray, a Draymond Green, where uh, you know exactly. six four, six five, and you know we exactly. can get this going. But yeah. back then they wanted the stereotypes, uh, not the stereotype, but the prototypes of yeah. of, of, a, of a forward or a guard. So, but I appreciate Tucker, PJ Tucker. That's oh, yeah. another one. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't have that defensive prowess as PJ, but everything else I could do yeah, is not exactly. just as good, if not better. But uh, yeah. I, I really appreciated that, and we capped that thing with a a championship, and that was just an amazing experience. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com
1: and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is Terms and conditions apply.
4: But coach, speaking of the state of Washington, you, met, you brought up Ed Peppel. You went up to UW after, I believe it was St. Louis. You're standing at St. Louis, right? Because you, yeah. follow, you follow Spoonball, Spoonhauser. Yeah. Yep. Right. And I remember that. You did the St. Louis thing for a little bit. Very competitive there. And then you went to UW. UW, you coached 17 players taken in the NBA draft, including 11 first rounders. One of my favorite players of all time and during your tenure is Brandon Roy. Coach, how special was Brandon Roy and how special could he have been if it were not for the injuries?
5: Brandon, let me just tell you this. He was extremely gifted. And you sit down and watch an NBA game or college game or any game and listen to him analyze the game and you listen to his comments. And at some point you're going to go, my goodness. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just a brilliant Mm -hmm. high basketball IQ. He uh, had trouble passing the SAT. He finally passed it, so he became eligible in January of his freshman year. He couldn't practice with us Mm -hmm. because of that. And he comes out, and uh, we talked. I said, hey, man, you you passed. You're eligible to play. So let's go up. And he was fired up. Let's go up to the uh, gym and just try to teach you best we can the offense. And he learned it in 45 minutes. Wow. 45 minutes, something that everybody else was still trying to learn after several months. Yeah. 45 minutes and knew it. And we go out and play. And it was just you couldn't speed him up. He could play around the rim with either hand. He could pass the ball. He could dribble the basketball. He just was he was just a phenomenal player. And, you know, I remember his junior year. We did our research. He was thinking about coming out. By the way, he would have liked to have gone straight out of high school if he could. But he realized he wasn't quite ready. And to his credit, he continued to work. And after his junior year, we uh, did our research. And NBA's feedback was that he was going to be a second rounder. Mm. And he said, well, that's not what my goals are. He says, I'm coming back to school. I don't need to go to the pre-draft camp. And he said, I'll come back to school. And he comes back. And uh, he was just phenomenal and just put us on his back and, uh, did some extraordinary things as a senior. And we went to the sweet 16 and but it wasn't for the dumb coach not call, uh, making us foul. They hit a three-pointer to send the game in overtime. UConn. UConn you know? yeah, yeah. I remember that we, game. We yeah. Had I, didn't, I didn't chance, understand brother. that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. We just had a good chance to go, uh, the final four what's really funny i'm
4: looking at your face usually you would say something like yeah what happened with that why didn't no no i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that right now but anyway i'm thinking it i'm thinking it but i'm not gonna do that (laughs) but anyway that's how good of a
5: basketball player he was he gone he went on to become the sixth pick in the draft first team all america uh rookie of the year and then an nba all-star and i believe i truly believe he would have been in the Basketball Hall of Fame and would have gone down as one of the greatest guards to ever play the game.
4: I agree with that assessment, Coach. I mean, So we're not
5: for his knee injuries. That's what prevented him from doing Yeah,
4: that. absolutely. I mean, a big guard, high IQ, could make all the shots. Even Kobe had the highest of praises for Brandon Roy. But, Coach, a lot of them guys out of that area um, during your years, and even a little bit before you, kind of fit that mold. I w- I w- I've been talking a different cats uh, about the state of Washington. So Roberto Bergerson is a guy that is going to be in a couple of weeks on an episode. And we mm-hmm. talk at length about just the culture of basketball up in that Seattle, Tacoma area up in Washington. Can you talk about just what that connectivity is like in that basketball culture and why it produces so many high level uh, uh, basketball players that fit a certain mold high IQ, skilled, and usually with some size. I've never seen anything like it. And I've been to a lot of cities,
5: a lot of states and been around basketball a long time. You know, the Doug Christie's and the Michael Dickerson's, Donnie Marshall, some of those guys began to pave the way for these guys and to create kind of that interest, that thirst. And then uh, Jamal Crawford, was so dynamic in high school. So dynamic. Oh, an absolute wizard, uh, charismatic and a great, great human being to where there's so many that just they wanted to be do what Jamal Crawford did. you know, mm-hmm. right after that, Jason Terry, yeah. and so on and so forth. Well, Jamal kind of was the guy that really started from Seattle, started to mentor some of the younger kids. Mm. you know, and that was right around, you know, Jason Terry and those guys. And then the Brandon Roy's came around and they would mentor the Isaiah Thomases. Mm. And then Isaiah Thomas would, would mentor, you know, Nate Robinson, Will Conroy, these guys kept, they they continued to hand down their knowledge and work with these kids. And uh, it was just a, a thing of beauty. And, you know, they would come up to the university of Washington all the time and, and work out and, and use the gym. And and you're right, it's carried all the way down now to Paulo Ben Carroll to yeah. where those same guys that mentored. And you watch, he's gonna be mentoring some kids. He's gonna be mentoring the next ones. And it just keeps getting handed down. And, and that's why I think you continue to one of the reasons you continue to see great talent come out of
4: uh, the Seattle Tacoma area. Yeah, and I like what something that some, someone talked about as far as like how that area. You have like coaches that kind of instilled this foundation of fundamentals and drilling. And then you had the athletes and sort of that thing kind of married that 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 match, that yeah. match of athleticism with that old school sort of fundamentals. And, you know, yeah. the, you know, the drilling of, the, of that side of the game. And that's why a lot of those guys are so skilled and talented. I mean, when I'm looking at your resume, coach, I mean, you coached the number one pick in the draft. I mean, you've coached a six pick. You've coached a bunch of. Uh, high level guys from that area. And um, I just want to say, man, props to you for that. Coach, I got a couple more questions for you. I know you got film and stuff like that and you got to go. But I wanted to know this because no one ever talks about this. And this hit me out the blue when you took the job. Okay. Talk to me about this. You've been on the sidelines at UCLA, UW and U of A coach what was that year behind the bear down iron curtain like i always wanted to know about what was that experience like at at, at arizona coach because that was that was an interesting uh thing when i read it across the ticker you know it had to
5: be interesting right because competing against arizona all those years at ucla and then even at washington there was a time when you know we were able to win a couple championships and uh beat them out and you know they they were the top dog a lot of times with UCLA. and It, it was interesting, as you say, going behind the scenes there. Uh, they have a really nice operation over there. Uh, the, the support, fan support is unbelievable. You, you, you really can feel that there. It happened to be the year where there was the FBI investigation. It happened to be that year, my only year that was there. But I'm going to tell you what, uh, it wasn't always fun because of that. But aside from that, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. I thoroughly enjoyed my time working with Sean Miller and uh, the assistants, the group that I was with. It was, I just really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed my time.
4: Man, that was a, a really interesting time. You guys did pretty good that season. I think you won 27 games. I mean, you obviously coached some big-time players, but that I always wanted to ask you that. Uh, Coach, one more question, then I'll let you go. I wanted to just talk to you about how the NIL and the transfer portal has either altered or affected the way that your approach to recruiting does is has that caused you to sort of change up the way you do things a little bit or are you sticking to your guns um and and kind of going to do things how you've always done them
5: first of all i think the nil is great i I really do the nil to me is a modern version of back in the day long time ago you get recruited hey can you get me a summer job you know and thanks provide a a summer job for you Right. Facts. Facts. So so now it's not the summer job as much as a, an NIL. I do think the question I'd asked before, how will you monitor it? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think the NCAA is still working through. And uh, there's definitely the rich can get richer with it because uh, a lot of programs aren't able to provide what some others can with that NIL situation. So I, I, I think it's great. It just has to be worked out. Uh, the transfer portal is something that I don't like at all. I really don't like that at all.
4: Why not, Coach? Why not, Coach?
5: Well, I think when you combine the two, then I think players get soft and don't learn how to stick things out. I think – I mean, Chris, if you would have – this day and age, you could just leave and you'd be eligible the next year. I mean, I don't know if you would have stayed at UCLA. I've been out. I don't know if there are – I can name you a lot of players – that wouldn't have stayed at the school that they were staying at. And I'm not talking about where they went somewhere and it worked out. I'm talking about where they stayed and it worked out. right? And they're right, glad right. they didn't leave. And they right. learned so many lessons because of it. I just think when you combine the two, it's just easier to, it, to not have two feet on the ground where you are. And uh, I don't think you learn from that. Our approach as, uh, you know, maybe it won't be effective, but try to find those that... Uh, That's not the number one thing they're looking for. The first thing something goes wrong, I'm going to blame someone and jump ship. We're trying to find those that uh, have a passion for the game and are are committed to what you're doing.
4: Character. I mean, I think character is important now being loyal uh, when you make a commitment, stick to it and also not giving these kids. Sure, you can give them whatever, but there still needs to be a level of accountability in a a sense of you earn this um, you know everything just can't be handed to you. I feel like if, if a kid signs an NIL deal, I question you know his motivation. I've heard kids talk about how oh I'm gonna work harder once I get the NIL, but you don't yeah, see that. Right. But that's you necessarily right. don't see that all the time. Yeah. You hear about yeah. dudes like because because getting fifty thousand dollars in your bank account is like a you know transcendent. Type of experience, you know, you, you know, your mind, you don't know what your mind is going to be like when you see at,
5: that age,
4: <laughs> at that age. You see all the zeros coach. Oh, you yeah. Gotta be-
5: no, I, yeah. But I don't, you know, I, I don't say this is, this is terrible. I don't say that yeah. at all. I think sure. if, if the uh, student athlete can get that, it's great. Uh, but we're not going to change. We're not going to baby someone because they might leave. We're not going right. to do that. Uh, right. Right. Then I feel like I'm cheating the kids that we're coaching. If we're going to do that, you're going to have to go out there in the real world and you're going to have to survive when it's tough. You're going to have to make it through. So, again, hopefully, if we can recruit kids that have the makeup, the mental makeup to be able to weather the storm, then uh, we can we can be okay.
4: Absolutely. Coach, last question. WCC. Lav is down in San Diego. The Zags are the Zags. St. Mary's is going to be St. Mary's. How does Pepperdine get into the mix, crack that mix and then get into the tournament? How do you do it this year? I think this will be the first
5: year that we've been here that we feel we have built a solid, solid foundation. And I think we have some talent. I think we have some players with some passion for the game. Uh, We've been younger. We've had injuries. I think this is the first year where we're solid. And when you say, how are you going to do that? We're going to worry more about ourselves and get where we are, build on this foundation. And then, um, I'm not good at predictions, but uh, we'll see what happens.
4: Okay, that's all good, Coach. We'll be pulling from you. Uh, I might come out to a game in Malibu to come check you out. Um, I appreciate you today for coming on KJ Live. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Lorenzo Romar. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing great. (laughs) Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Coach.
0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.